0: How about we heat things up tonight? Mm, How so? Get a little fresh, add some steam, sizzle and spice.
1: (laughs) Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp. Or get fresh with our new strawberry salad. Go big with our bone-in ribeye. Or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie. Then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the world's greatest Bronze Age comic book podcast, Flea Market Fantasy. I'm your co-host, Mike Allen, as always. I'm joined by... Michael Dell of the LCS Hockey Radio Show. That's right. This week, it's your pick, and you like to tie into superhero movies, right? Yeah, I like to do with what's hip and cool with the kids.
2: <laughs> That's what I like to do. And, Mike, I don't know if you're aware of this. There's a new Marvel movie coming out. I don't know when it's coming out. I'm guessing I think soon. Nove- November fifth, I think. Okay, it's called The Eternals. Right. The Eternals. Because Marvel had to do this because there was such a groundswell of demand for the Eternals. <laughs> Everyone wanted an Eternals movie. They're like Marvel, please, please, you have to make an Eternals movie so I can relive the exploits of my hero
0: <laughs> Icarus. I <don't>
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Now, to be fair, no one was demanding a Guardians of the Galaxy movie either, right? I suppose. But uh, can you name...
2: Who's your favorite Eternal, Michael? Can you name some Eternals for us?
0: Uh, okay, off the top of my head, I can name Icarus. Yeah. I can name Makari because he was in Quasar. Oh. Right? Isn't he an Eternal? <laughs> I think so, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that's a, that's all I can name. Okay. <laughs> Well, apparently
2: Cersei is an Eternal. Oh yes, that? yes.
0: Forgot that her, Cersei
2: yeah. who was in the Avengers. Yep. Uh, so she's something. But uh, yeah, the Eternals. I when was the last time you heard anyone even mention the Eternals? You know. Uh,
0: well, I mean, I you know, I don't read many Marvel comics, but I keep up, and I think they're always kind of around. Like Neil Gaiman did an Eternals series, right? Like fifteen Ugh. years ago. I did you read that? I already don't like it. Oh, that's right. You don't like good writers. I forgot. Okay.
2: Uh, But did you ever read this Eternals we're doing here? It's the original run of the Eternals. We're doing issue one from 1976. And uh, did you ever read any of these Eternals? I
0: I think this is one of those ones where I bought a whole bunch of them, didn't read them for five years, then sold them. So, no, I never read any of them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is, uh, of course, uh, created, written, and drawn by Jack Kirby. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is the first project at Marvel where he created everything, where he did it
0: all. This is after he came back from DC.
2: Yes. In uh, 1970, Kirby left Marvel for DC, and he created the New Gods, which dealt with mythological and sci-fi elements on a grand scale. Uh, But that series ended after 19 issues. So then when he came back to Marvel in 1975, he created the Eternals which dealt with mythology and sci-fi elements on a grand scale. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically the same book. That sounds familiar. Uh, and the odd thing is, Michael, New Gods ended after 19 issues, so did the Eternals. They Whoa, ended... how did
0: I never realize that? Yeah. <laughs> that is so weird,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess the you know the New Gods, right? But uh, for the we talked about them before in the show, but... Uh, it's a little different. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Whitey, but weren't there like two
0: planets, two opposing planets? Right. There was Apocalypse in, and uh, what was the good one called? I think Jimmy. No. Every- no, no.
2: <laughs> but everyone on Jimmy, or it was like a utopia, and then Apocalypse had that dark side fella. You know. Right. He was always trying to get it and cause shenanigans. So uh, that's the new gods. And uh, Kirby only wanted it to be like a limited series. That was his intent when he started it. And then, it, but it was selling so well, DC said, "Hey, we need to make this a regular series and start putting DC people in it, like DC characters and stuff." So uh, then Kirby lost interest, and in, uh, it, it, it ended. You know. And just
0: so everyone out there listening knows, it was New Genesis and Apocalypse. That's right. New Genesis. Right. And they and Not- the new gods lived on lived in Supertown. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true is it yes it is supertown <laughs> see it was so
2: ridiculous i thought you were making a joke no nope. they're like no this is dc that's probably
0: Jim. it's awesome
2: <laughs> so anyway all right but the eternals now we'll get it we won't explain too much about it because this comic will explain it when we go through it but uh, it's s- similar but slightly different right, right? slightly different right but so it, if he didn't uh, rip off his own idea with new gods, he uh, definitely ripped off uh, *Chariots of the God by Eric uh, von Daniken. Did you ever read uh, *Chariots of the Gods*, my god? Do you have absolutely. any concept of it?
0: Yes, in high school I was obsessed with von Daniken. Really? Yes, can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, I am shocked by this. Really? Yeah, I, I used think to. A... I used to be. Oh my god, passionately dedicated to the whole belief that ancient, you know gods were actually just aliens a hundred percent yeah
2: that, that's basically the thing the ancient alien theory right. of uh aliens created life here on earth and then they went away and mm-hmm. anytime now they'll be coming back uh, to yell at us
0: right but, right, uh, right
2: so wow i had no idea uh so when you read it, the eternals you could clearly see that they just ripped off
0: oh yes Montana,
2: right <laughs> right and, the original title of this book uh, was supposed to be uh, what is it? Return of the Gods, I think, or I'm I have not it sure down here somewhere. Um, yeah, Return of the Gods was the original name for the Eternals. But uh, if you notice on the cover that we'll be discussing in a moment, Michael, the font of the Eternals title—it's actually the same font, even as uh, like Chariots of the Gods. Get out of town, just, really? Yeah, like if you look at the cover of Chariots of the Gods, it has that same kind of font. And so when Marvel Legal said, "Hey, uh, we're using the same font. We're calling it Return of the Gods. Maybe we should change the title just to be safe." So then they ah. changed it to
0: Eternals. Uh, I'm looking it up. Yes, I see now. Yep, uh, similar, yeah. similar font. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it's like the same font.
0: <laughs> yes. <Yeah, so, laughs> um,
2: but uh, yeah. So Kirby, you know, people want to call him this creative genius. He just stole off on for all this, basically. Still you
0: know, a genius, but yes, he did steal all of it. Yes. <laughs>
2: He's a genius in knowing where to steal from. Right. But yeah, so there you go. All right. Um, what Anything else about the Eternals at the top here? I'm looking through. Do, do, do I don't know. Uh, I don't
0: really. know. I guess the only thing I can say is that, you know, Kirby came back. And unfortunately, you know, Kirby's my favorite artist, but he's probably the first guy who was an, an artist but wanted to have total control over his stories as well. And, you know, many people followed in his footsteps like Frank Miller, John Byrne, and then all the image guys, and to varying degrees, you know, of success. But even Kirby, he needed help, clearly, right? Yeah. He needed needed a Stan Lee. People complained about Stan Lee, but Stan Lee, at the very least, polished up Kirby stuff and made it presentable to a general audience, I think.
2: Yeah. um, (laughs) Well, I was going to... I I was gonna, maybe we should save it till later when we talk about the writing here. But I actually think this is pretty good, Kirby, in terms of writing. This is actually strong for him. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, if you read his stuff on Black Panther, it's a train wreck. Because he, he, like, like he basically tries to shoehorn in all the stuff he likes into Black Panther, even though that's a character that shouldn't have rockets and space travel. Right, right. Um, But this, this story here, The Eternals, it's perfect for Jack Kirby. It's everything you think of with Jack Kirby. Because really, Kirby, it's Fantastic Four and that kind of stuff is what you really think of, right? Right. The cosmic kind of things. Right. It. So, uh, yeah, this story is definitely uh, right up his alley here. And, uh, The Eternals, there have been five different volumes over the years. And I guess there's a current <laughs> volume uh, that started in, uh, January of 2021. So, uh, they got The Eternals fired back up in time for the movie, I guess.
0: mm so yeah, like I said, I thought I'd read this, but I guess I didn't, even though I owned it, because um, so, this is all new to me. But here we go, we get the cover, still only 25 cents, Marvel Comics Group, When Gods Walk the Earth, the Eternals. We've got this gigantic, I guess this is a stone like statue head of a god. Yeah. And it's a weird, it's an odd looking, like it's a Kirby-esque sort of armor with like a Kirby-esque face and this weird, almost like breathing thing st- it it does not look like a human face. It looks like um, almost like a Star Wars mask, right? Like a funky design.
1: Yeah, alien like a robot
2: face. face or something. But it's supposed to be, it's definitely inspired by like the Incas and the uh, the Mayans, that right. kind of art. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So.
0: Uh, okay, so then we have three people in the cover here. We have someone who we later find out is, well, Mike Harris, a.k.a. Icarus. Icarus. Harris. Oh, Harris. Mike Harris yeah. is someone. Completely different. And then uh, we've got an old man here who's saying, we found it, the tomb of the space gods. And then Ike Harris is saying, and they're not dead. Look to the stars. The gods are coming back. Yeah. And then down below it says, first issue, the start of Jack Kirby's long-awaited cosmic series.
2: Yeah, because like, you can tell like they're in some sort of a temple or something. And then right. Ike Harris is pointing out the... Uh... To the sky behind. Yeah,
0: it's like a. I think it's like a sort of like not a screen, but like a window into space, right? Yeah, but it's an it's interesting cool. cover. Yeah, I mean, again, I love Kirby. This is not his best work, but it's still a cool design.
2: Yeah, I don't know if like if I saw this on them, oh, I'd have to. Oh, I got to buy this. But you know, right? It's, um, a good, it's a
0: good idea, though. Definitely.
2: I suppose. <laughs> it's a, all right, <laughs> all
0: right. I I prefer like an action cover, you know. Yeah. Well, but I think that I don't. I mean, to me though, this, at least this, I this is conveying a cool idea, and that's why I like it.
2: Eh, suppose. All no, right. Whatever. I'm not a big fan of the cover, but anyway. All right, the
0: Eternals,
2: issue one from 1976. Here we go, Mike yeah.
0: Stanley presents the Eternals. Right. Anyway. Okay. So then they give a little description at the top, and then the title is "The Day of the Gods," and again, like on the cover, we have these three guys. Or three people coming into a, a cave, and there's like this. I guess it's the same face, but from a different yes. angle. It's hard. to... Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. Now, one thing again, Kirby's my favorite artist, but he was an inconsistent artist. So even though this is the same face, it's very hard to tell. <laughs> <You> <laughs> well, I mean?
2: yeah, yeah. It's from like, the well, side. The cover, yeah, yeah. We're seeing it more. We're seeing it more straight on, and from this, yeah, this we're seeing it directly profile here. Right. So. Uh... But, I mean, it's well-drawn and everything. Yeah. It looks really cool. So
0: So then uh, one of the guys is you found it, Ike! You're positively uncanny! And then uh, we cut to the next page, and it's a double-page spread. Now, I guess this is all supposed to be a stone statue, but the guys at the bottom, I guess they're also made of stone, but we basically see this giant face as we said on the cover, and it's of a guy inside what looks like a spaceship but he's gigantic and then at the bottom we see one two three four five six people like in this sort of armor or or whatever you want to call it all sort of pushing the ship and then the guy at the front of the line is kneeling down holding this weird scepter thing
2: yeah but again they're all statues yeah but they're all
0: statues but they yeah but again, it's kind of, with Kirby's art. It's kind of hard to tell because everything is so abstract anyway. But yeah, they're all statues and they're color, colored like statues. And then behind the spaceship, we see these other like reliefs on the wall, and it looks like there might be another guy in the background, almost like behind another wall kind of thing. You see that guy? Uh, he almost yeah. yeah looks like a big yeah. giant. So yeah, and this guy's flashlight is lighting up sort of the middle triangle of this huge, you know image or whatever this is
2: yeah and we should say that guy I, I can't even remember his name just dad but uh, he's an, he's an older fella and he's an archaeologist and he's there with his daughter who's assisting him and uh, her name is Margo right mm-hmm. and then uh, Ike Harris is uh, also there to help him he's like their cameraman and uh, he's helping him out
0: investigating this tomb right and so they're like yeah um you know we found it this is where this you know it's all here as you predicted father the galaxy plaque of the incas their space god and his crest carved in stone is that what she says wait <laughs> and his cra- oh and his craft carved in stone right so then yeah. so then again this is kirby you know he's known for this but now we cut to the next page and it's another splash page right and this is, uh, this is kind of weird. This is like a funky, it looks like three giant statues of more space gods sort of connected to this thing above them by like tubes or something, right?
2: Yeah, it's, it's almost like a uh, claw machine when you get the stuffed animals out of. Yes. Like they're, except they're lowering these guys to the ground.
0: Good uh, analogy. Yeah. And, the, and then it's like at the bottom <laughs> it says outer space technology translated in terms of mythology. Incredible. So yeah, they're kind of looking around. And uh, and then, see, now, this is kind of a, a weird exchange. When it gets to the part where Ike pulls out the camera...
2: Oh, by so, the way, his name is Dr. Damien. Dr. Oh, okay, Damien. okay. Yeah.
0: So then Dr. Damien's like... Um, okay, so sorry. The woman is like, thanks to Ike Harris, we may have made the greatest archaeological find in history. Then Ike says, perhaps the true story of all which has gone before. Then Dr. Damien says... That takes in a lot of territory, Ike. Your statement covers all of human history. Are you serious about this claim you just made? Again, he's just making a claim, so I don't know why it's such a big deal. But then Ike says, I refer not only to human history, but also to divergent human history. There were others. And then then they're like, again, it's like, so what he's just making a claim but they're like do you realize what you're saying young man (laughs) (laughs) you're intimating that the human species is sharing this world with related forms of life but this guy you know he doubles down and he's basically explaining that there's more going on here than anyone could have possibly known right and he's like and he keeps calling him young man he's like you're wrong on both counts doctor this is not drivel and i'm not a young man by your standards and then the guy and the doctor was like, "That does it. I won't be shocked into discussing another of his fantastic secrets. Our colleague is bent on pulling my leg, right <laughs> So yeah he's
2: very upset about all this, right like he just, he just makes a comment in passing, and he's like, What? yeah, How dare like, you question right this? Right, yeah, right
0: so so then um so then uh, what's his name? Ike is like He's reaching down, and he's like, he's like, "What are they like? What are you hunting for now?" He's like, "The most important object in this chamber, sir. It can turn myth into stark reality. It is said that when this object calls to the gods, they will return to, they will return once more to Earth." So they're trying to contact the gods, right? Meanwhile, we cut over to other people or other beings who are flying in a. Pl- oh no, this is these this are is humans.
2: Just a, yeah, it's just a guy flying a plane right. over the ocean.
0: Right. And this guy's getting lost in this uh, Bermuda Triangle-esque area, right?
2: Yeah. He has to eject out of his plane because his plane's going to crash. Right. Uh, Because we see underneath the ocean there, the Deviants are down there. Right. Uh -uh.
0: Yeah, so he's got to eject. And then we see this funky-looking craft. It looks like, I don't even know what it looks like. Just a big circle thing with an arm thing and it's all Kirby crackle <laughs> inside of it right i can't really describe it
2: a circle thing with an arm thing yeah. yeah
0: oh i guess oh here it is so it's a disruptor so it's something that comes out of this i guess underground uh, underwater city and they pull it back down into its uh into it and we see here these two guys standing here and this guy all in i guess pink and purple what's his name that uh, is yeah,
2: he's one of the main dudes here. We read about. I can't remember his name.
0: <laughs> but uh, uh,
2: we'll, we'll come across. Yeah, it we'll get to him
0: later. And then he's got, he's got like a servant or whatever, and they are standing in front of another guy.
2: I, yeah, I, I think that the pink guy's name. I think his name might be Crow. K R O. Yes,
0: you're right. You're right. Crow. Yes. 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 And and then he's sitting
2: in front of like a a, a guy. Kind of looks like a uh, two legged of the Hut sitting in a chair and uh he's like the the king of the deviants and his right. wife is next to him and they are a couple of jerks yeah it's there man
0: yeah because there's a guy who's trying to talk to them and he i guess he's not you know following protocol and so then yeah cor- that
2: guy's trying to tell him hey the uh, area is clear we took down that ship or that plane so you don't have to worry about anyone seeing us when we go on our mission right so about to go on a mission and instead of, like, saying, hey, thanks for the update, they're like, hey, you creep, you should be on your hands and knees bowing before the royalty that right. we are.
0: Right, yeah. And they're like, yeah, you've forgotten in whose presence you are, dog. So they're calling them names, right?
1: Yeah. And so this is Jerks. the
0: deviant royal family, right? The ruling family. <laughs> That's right. And then, the you know, they're like, dismiss him, crow. He reminds us. Of the curse of our species that we cannot breed in consistent form. So I guess the idea is that every deviant looks completely different, right?
2: Yeah, I guess we should have explained this beforehand. But uh, well, no, let's just experience. Yeah, like we'll the find Avengers out. Or, yeah, well, it's yeah. a mystery. Yeah. We don't. Yeah,
0: it's all unfolding, yeah. right? So these are deviants, and so far all we know is they all look different. And so but he, uh, he's mad, but the king is mad that the guy
2: he's yelling at doesn't look enough like a deviant. He looks kind of human, mm. and and that's pissing him off. Right. He's like, hey. You should look more weird like we do. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> and so then now they're worried that the Eternals may find the beacon before they do. Because they want to find the beacon first, right? But we don't know why yet.
2: Yeah, this beacon is going to call the gods back to Earth. And right. uh, the, de- the Deviants do not want that. So.
0: Right, right, right. So then we cut over back to this... Sh- oh, no. No, no. no, no, So then they leave in that ship. Yeah, they leave in the ship. Yeah. Yeah, they leave well, their... Yeah, Crow, oh, Crow does. does. Yeah. He leaves in his underwater water thing, boat. Because he's submarine. supposed to go find the beacon before the Eternals do. That's right. his mission. So. Yeah. So then we cut back over to um, the three humans. And basically now Icarus, as on the cover, he's standing in front of kind of like, I don't know if it's like a dimensional window or a screen, but you can see like planets and moons and space and Kirby Crackle all through this you know doorway. And he's like, behold, the universe, the vast home of the gods. And he starts explaining everything. And they're like, there they roam. There they live, you know. And then, and then the old man's like, keep going, Ike. Tell us more. But first, tell us who you really are. So then they find out um, who he really is. He's not Icarus, is he? He's Icarus. Yeah. And he changed his name so that no one could ever figure out who he is, right? <laughs> That's right. It's almost as clever as when Obi-Wan Kenobi changed his name oh. to Ben Kenobi so that no one can find him.
2: Wait, when, uh, you know, if he says, hey, I'm Icarus, everyone just says who? No one knows who this guy is. You know? That's true, that's true, yeah. that's true. Although I guess I never thought of it, but uh, he suppo- I guess he's technically the Icarus of mythology though, right? I think that's is the that- idea. Yeah. Because, I- yeah, because Cersei is like the Cersei of Ulysses and all that stuff. Well, this is where so, it gets
0: confused. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. But there's also a a Zeus in the Eternals, isn't there? That's Uh, what's confusing, but but there's also a real Zeus in the Marvel Universe. So, I think Kirby was implying that these characters were separate from the Marvel Universe, but then later on they integrated them, as far as I know. Yeah. So then, basically, Icarus starts explaining, you know, the origin of the Eternals. And he's like, it all began with the coming of the gods to Earth, when it was populated only by beasts and he, they show like a spaceship landing on earth and we see like these cavemen right these man apes like the beginning of 2001 and basically yeah. they get taken onto this ship and then they're given cosmic chemistry that would father the races to come and so because of the eternals um oh no no sorry because of the these gods, the gods that, that we have celestials met yet. yes that the we celestials. find out later the celestials because of them you know, interfering with natural man-ape evolution, or ape evolution, or whatever. Now there, there are three races that are created because of that: the deviants, who we already met, who look like you know, each one of them looks looks like a different kind of sort of monster. Then we have humans, who you know are us, and then we have the Eternals, which are, I guess, they're um, the Eternal b- bred few in number and were immune and. To time and death, like the gods, they lived apart from all other living beings. So they're kind of like superhumans, yeah. and the deviants are like kind of below humans, and they actually live underground, right? Yes,
2: yeah. And the Eternals got like superpowers and whatnot, right? Um, and we should say Icarus; it's not spelled the same as the Icarus of our mythology. Yes, it's with mythology. a K instead of a C. Yeah, so that's why it's a little weird, but all right.
0: Right, so then um, so then we see that, yeah, so they explained that the Deviants lived in Earth's inner depths where they toiled ceaselessly at creating new weapons. The myths of man are filled with the terrors inspired by clashes with Deviants, right? And then we show that the Eternals took to the highest mountaintops. They probed the universe with their minds and developed powers which surpassed those of all other Earth life. They were regarded with awe and fear. And then we see humans were just, you know... Savage idiots, basically, right?
2: Uh, yeah,
0: kind of. Uh, But but
2: the Eternals again, the highest mountaintop, like Mount Olympus,
0: exactly, right? The same thing. Yeah. yeah, So we kind of assume these inspired all ancient myths and religions, right? Yep. So then, uh, then yeah, Icarus or Icarus has already finished explaining his thing, and it's then he looks up on the reflector screen and he's like, "Look, the ship of the gods, leaping light years in second, it's on its way." To Earth, the beacon shall guide them. I know I can find it now. So then, um, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like uh, this. Maybe I'll
2: wait to. Uh, but this point makes no sense because he's just, oh, now, oh, here comes the ship. Now I can find the beacon.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That makes no yeah. sense. I thought they were coming yeah. because of the beacon. But anyway, <laughs> exactly. And also, <laughs> can I point out that not not to you know get specific about physics here, but if it's He can't see it faster than the speed of light. Even if the ship is traveling faster than the speed of light, (laughs) the light reflecting off the ship takes the speed of light to get to us. So he wouldn't know that, right? But it doesn't matter. Look at Mike Yaga and all scientific on Jack Kirby. Mm -hmm. So then uh, we cut back over to Crow, right? Yep. And he's in his little submarine and he's with his goons. And then he's like, they can't do it. The Eternals, for all their great mind powers, have failed to find the beacon. But suppose they trained one of their kind, sharpened his senses tenfold for the task. Why, well, he could. What a, what a leap, eh? Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> so then, um, you know, again, this is not Kirby's best work, but there's some great imagination here. Like, he's floating along, and he goes into this big stone monster mouth. He goes in, and then he comes up to this part in the ocean or whatever where there's air. So the boat comes up to the surface, and then they climb out, And we see them walking on these like stone uh, stairs, and it's really cool. So then he's like, you know, he's got all those goons, and he's like, "Uh, you know, there's still some time left. We can waste his efforts. We can destroy the cosmic beacon. I see the foe. It's Icarus of the Polar Mountains. And so then we look over, and we see Icarus standing next to that big stone thing, and he's trying to activate it, I guess. Or I guess he has. Yeah, because we can see beep.
2: There's like beep, beep, beep beep in the background. So it's like this big
0: stone thingamabob. So Crow and the other deviants start shooting at him. They're shooting lasers, but Icarus has a superpower. So he's like the deviants are, are late, much too late to stop the arrival of the gods. And then uh, he, he basically uh, puts up this impenetrable shield, right, and blocks their lasers or whatever. Then he removes his cap and glasses to reveal the features which mark his kind. It is the eyes that release the powers stored in the dynamics of the eternal brain. It is the eyes which devians fear. But, of course, they look exactly like normal eyes, so. (laughs) Um, Well, they look a little yellowish. Yeah, okay, okay, yellow. You got me, you got me. Maybe it's jaundice. Yeah. I don't know. So then, basically, yeah, so then he shoots back lasers out of his eyes. And then, I love, this is a pure Kirby (laughs) thing. (laughs) Get his eyes. Use the shroud gun. So this guy pulls this laser—he, this laser gun that shoots out an actual like cloth shroud. It looks like right, uh,
2: just a blanket.
0: Shoots yeah. a blanket. Yeah, it him. shoots out. Yeah, and it envelops <laughs> Icarus. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, this, this guy with his laser eyes. is no match for a blanket.
0: It's almost <laughs> as deadly as the cellophane S symbol <laughs> in Superman Two. <II>. But anyway. <laughs>
2: So yeah,
0: uh Crow and his buddies are all running towards them and then now Dr. Damien's shooting a gun, blam. Is that no bam? And then um and then but then all of a sudden at that moment the entire planet seems to shake from a mighty sound which hasn't been heard since ancient times. So something is now floating above them and shooting all this energy and it, sure enough it must be, you know, the gods returning but we don't see who they are yet. And so then Icarus and uh, Dr. Damien and the... What's the girl's name? I don't even know. Margo? Margo. Oh, they run out. Like, what he says is true. The gods are landing. And then they look up. And then it says the silence is broken. And then Crow is like, the deviants shall fight to the last. And Dr. Damien says, how can you fight what you haven't yet seen? And then Icarus says, we shall see them now. And in doing so, learn more about ourselves than we have ever known. Well, guess what? I was just getting into it, but that's the end. Yeah, that's what you want, you know. You want to end it like keep you wanting, yeah, coming back for more, right? Yeah, because you get to that last panel, you're like, I want
2: to see what these gods look like. That's true. I want to, and I did read ahead, Michael. I read about four issues of this. Whoa! And um, yeah, the gods kind of look like giant robots with
0: uh, teacups on their heads. Right. This is uh, true. I do love the design of the new gods, though, or, or or these celestials, though, because yeah, they. They look like humanoid robots, but they don't have real faces. They just have, you know, kind of like designs over their face. It's really cool.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, we should. There's another little uh, notice here. What says next issue? Uh, uh, for the sake of the gods, get the next issue. Read the Celestials from Space, and then it says uh, it is somehow fitting that representatives of Earth's three dominant races are on hand to meet the master uh, image imprinted on their genes. What do the gods look like? What can they
0: do to an unsuspecting
2: Earth? So There you go. You wanna, gotta buy, gotta put down the quarter exactly. Mike, get to get the next issue. Exactly. So
0: Kirby did it right. He knows how to tell a story, right? <laughs> yeah, there it is. The Eternals issue one. Yeah, it's uh,
2: it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, the of course here's the thing I've said this many times on the show but I respect Kirby more than I like Kirby uh-huh. um, like his compositions his energy is all great uh, but you know the uh, the figures themselves have a lot to be desired you know it's like yeah. if you yeah. either like Kirby Stower,
0: you, you're not gonna like it you know but so you I also just know this, this is unfortunately now past his peak you know that like his obviously his Fantastic Four stuff was better than this you know that right
2: well, yeah, but not much better. I mean, it's all basically, oh, stop. He, always drew, he always drew eyes and arms and legs weird. Like, the I anatomy he's always a train wreck and his faces. are you know, it's just what it is. Everyone's
0: fingers are cut off flat at the ends. It's just what it is. It is but it is. at least his, but his Fantastic Four work was much more consistent and polished. And, like, that's, the, uh, his Fantastic well, Four work is the best superhero art I've ever seen, personally.
2: Well, Mike I will say that uh, most Kirby historians
0: think he peaked with New Gods, issues oh, 6 through 8. I actually That's... agree, but I didn't think that I was allowed to talk <laughs> about DC Comics on this show, so I didn't mention it.
2: But I looked at the New Gods, uh, I looked at those issues just to see what Pete Kirby would look like, and uh, it looks a lot like this. <laughs> no, no, like this. it's better, it's
0: better, trust me. The Pact <laughs> issue 6, That's I think so cool. it is, oh, Pete Kirby right there.
2: Mm-hmm. But yeah, so if you if you like Kirby style, you're gonna love it. If you don't, uh eh, you're gonna find issues with a lot of this. But uh, you know, it's uh, I like I, I like Kirby, but I don't love how he draws figures and stuff like that. But you know, whatever. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, but yeah, but this is you know you may not think it's the best Kirby, but it's classic Kirby in terms of the design and uh, yeah. all these. Oh,
0: the designs are incredible. Yeah. yes.
2: Yeah, they really are. They're impressive. Like all oh, these little uh, statues and tube inscriptions and everything
0: even and i gotta admit i skipped ahead too. some of these ships are designs are amazing and you know just everything and i I would actually argue issue two is better looks better than number one but that's neither here nor there
2: yeah probably yeah Yeah. um but i love the concept of course you stole the concept but whatever (laughs) um but i think this is the perfect way to do an issue one of a series like right uh, you, you get action in there you get a little fight scene, you get uh, some drama, you, you get exposition to explain everything, but it's done properly by uh, Ike explaining it to people who don't know what's going on instead of to the reader who, right. uh, or to characters who do know what's going on um, so uh, yeah, I really liked how it was structured and uh, had a great ending, because it makes you want to buy the next book Yes. so I really enjoyed reading this yeah,
0: and I mean, uh, you know, I've read some 70s Kirby, and it's all kind of like this, you know, it's it's just, it's very entertaining, it's very fun. Some of the dialogue is a little wonky, but overall, yeah. I really like it, you know? Yeah, and again, like
2: some of the, like the beacon, the whole time he's looking for this cosmic beacon, cosmic beacon, he can't find it. But then he looks up in the sky, oh, the ship's coming home anyway! Now I will find the beacon. It, who cares? You don't need the beacon. Apparently the ship's right there. <laughs> right,
0: right, right, right.
2: And then they, he says, now I'll find it. And they cut away. And then when they come back to him, he's found it. They don't say how he found it. They don't say, you know. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's, he takes some uh, liberties there with the uh, storytelling. But uh, what can you do? It's right. Jack Kirby. What can you say? Uh, any other thoughts here, Mike?
0: Uh, I don't know. Only that. I actually do think it would have benefited from not tying into the Marvel Universe. Actually, something that people have talked about, even with the movie, it's like you find, you know, the Eternals have always been here, but they what they didn't interfere with the Infinity War, they didn't yeah. interfere with when the Earth was <laughs> invaded by aliens, you know. Well,
2: sorry, I, heard, uh, I just read one little thing. I guess the Thanos snap is what awakened them. Oh, made them. I see. So I think that's how they explain it, but I don't know. That's what I heard, but
0: okay. Um, who knows? All right, I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. But I did so about this eternal movie
2: though. Uh, who plays Icarus? Ike Harris.
0: Any idea? Y- you know, it's funny. I don't know, but I'm sure we could easily Google it, right? Yeah, because I think uh, Salma
2: Hayek's in this movie, right? I think she plays Cersei. If I'm remembering. So, so let me see here.
0: Know. Salma Hayek is Ajax. Okay, that is not Cersei yeah, at all. Angelina Jolie <laughs> is Thena. Oh, Richard Madden from Game of Thrones is Icarus.
2: Who's Richard Madden on Game of Thrones?
0: He was Rob Stark, I think. Did you watch Game of Thrones?
2: Rob Stark.
0: Yeah. Did you watch it?
2: Yeah, I, I watched some Game of Thrones. So he was uh, the
0: oldest son. Without spoiling it, he was the oldest son of the first king. The 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 um the house. Oh, I'm thinking
2: uh, of... I'm thinking of Jon Snow, you know, nothing no. Jon Snow, but he, he's in this too, though,
0: right? Uh, that's what's funny, yes, and he plays the Black Knight, which has no yeah. connection to Eternals, I'm, as far as I know, so I don't know why he's in this, but whatever.
2: Well, it, well that's how they're tying everything together, I guess, eventually. Ah. But he's not the Black Knight in this, he's just Dane Whitman, oh. who I, I think he becomes the Black Knight, maybe, at some okay. point, you know what I mean? Kind of like they're setting the stage for it. But, uh, okay. And then they, ju- they're ju- not going to make
0: him an Eternal, are they? The Black Knight? I don't think so. No. All I don't right, think so. He's just a, another guy. Then All we've right. got, I don't know this girl, but Gemma Chan, beautiful, is playing Cersei. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. So she's yeah. Cersei. All
0: Don right. Dawn Lee is playing Gilgamesh. Again, I didn't know he was an Eternal. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Kumail Ninjiani oh, is Kingo. Yeah, that's a guy from, uh, uh, Silicon Valley, right? Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen that. But yeah, I recognize him. And then the rest, like we don't have to go through all of them. But oh, look at this. Well, they've gender swapped Macari. So Lauren Ridloff is Macari from Quasar. And uh, cool. there's a lot of people. Like Leah McHugh is Sprite. Yes, there's like
2: a thousand characters Yeah, in this there movie. is.
0: Harry Styles <laughs> is Star Fox. How did I not know this? Harry Styles <laughs> and this is... Did you know that? No. Okay. I don't know any of this. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting. And um, despite everything I just said, I did hear it is the lowest reviewed Marvel movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. So, well,
2: the last I saw, it's getting about 65% approval. And people say it's visually stunning, but uh, the story is uh, lacking at times. Yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, part of the problem when you have a thousand characters. Yeah, I agree. Need to whittle that down a bit. Yeah. Um, So yeah, (sighs) the Eternals. Will you go see the Eternals, Michael?
0: Uh, you of course. I see every you know superhero movie. I don't know if I'm gonna like it, but I'll give it a chance. (laughs) Yeah, I I really
2: have no desire to see it, and it has Selma Hayek and Angelina Jolie, and I still have no desire to see it.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the thing is, to be honest, you know, I do give every Marvel movie a chance, but this one is probably. Even though I love The Eternals, the, the trailer itself, it just it's not giving me much incentive to want to see it, you know?
2: Yeah, I'm just not really into too much cosmic stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. It takes a lot to get me into it. Like, sure. Uh, the, the Avengers, alright. Fantastic Four, okay. But, like, The Eternals, eh. Not so much. I know what you mean. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Sorry, right, Mike. Uh, one out of ten. What do you give The Eternals? <sighs> Issue one by Ugh. Jack Kirby.
0: Uh... I think because of the concepts are so great and it's it's and done stolen and <laughs> so original and done in such a original way, I'll give it a 6 out of 10.
2: Whoa, that is low. Holy oh, hell. Yeah. Cuz I got to tell you, I'm going 8 out of 10. What? 8 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, because I really I love the uh the setup for it. I love how uh, I think it's an ideal issue one for a series. Whoa. And again, this is uh it's Kirby being Kirby, you know? So it's what do you See, want out of a comic book? What funny. do you want?
0: So you, you don't really like Jack Kirby, and you think it was all stolen, but you give it an 8. Yeah. I, I love Kirby. <laughs> I think it's really good, but I give it a 6. Huh. Yes.
2: Because what's on the page, like, it's a, it's a good... Uh, like, if you're looking for a fun comic book, especially from this time period, like, if I was a kid in the 76, and I read this, I'd be oh, hey, this is exciting, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I just think it's Kirby. This is, like, classic Kirby, so this is what he's meant to do, you know? Sure. I enjoyed it. So, yeah, I'll give 8 out of 10 for The Eternals. Interesting. I I actually read more, Michael. How many times do I ever keep reading when we do a review? Very Very rarely. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is one of the few times I actually read more. And I enjoyed the other issues, too. They're okay. They're fine. Right. You know. But, uh... So... Because, again, this isn't my kind of thing, though. Right. You know, like the cosmic stuff. But I, I still... Enjoyed it so eight out of ten. All
0: right, all right, all right. So next week, I don't know if this was a secret or not, but we have a guest returning, huh? Yeah, I believe
2: you said Kevin Jank is coming next week. It's it's not a surprise, yeah. You told us last week, I think. Oh, okay, and uh, (laughs) uh, you, you are going to let him pick his own book, that's right. And now's the part of the show where you tell us he picked Detective Comics issue 432 or something don't be
0: ridiculous he picked superman (laughs) versus batman no i'm kidding i'm kidding no kevin jank has picked none other than contest of the champions number three yes have you ever read contest of the champions i have okay so have i it sounds like you didn't like it that much did you in concept great idea uh, the execution,
2: right. they kind of dropped the ball there a little bit at the end because they just kind of forget about the rules yes. of the thing, right? That's a hundred percent what <laughs> happens. But, yeah, they set up this whole premise and then they just kind of, oops, we forgot how to keep score.
0: <laughs> which is ridiculous. Which shows that they were less organized than like you know this show. But anyway, um, I'll just say that we won't. Obviously, we'll talk about it next week. But the cool thing about this. Is it was the first time we saw every single Marvel character together in one story. So this predates well, Secret Wars, right?
2: Not every single character.
0: Virtually, virtually, you'll see.
2: Well, no, I have read it. I know it's not like every character. It's well, a lot of characters. Every they, superhero. They also, they also shoehorn in a ton of uh, new characters that are terrible that they try. Yes, to, this is uh, true. So, so yeah, but all right. <laughs> anyway. Like, like, I can tell you right now, I'm like, oh, the Eternals weren't there. You know?
0: Ah, uh, but did they exist? Oh, yes, they did. Darn <laughs> yes, it. they You're did. You're right. Darn it. Okay, you got me there. All right, <laughs> like, case closed. Yeah. All right, there you go. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us on another episode of the world's greatest Bronze Age comic book podcast. You can hear every episode of Flea Market Fantasy on the Comic Book Syndicate Um Stitcher channel, Spotify channel, and Apple Podcast channel. Also, you can follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the Comic Book Syndicate website. One week, I pick a Bronze Age comic, the next week, Mike Dell picks, sometimes, Kevin Jank picks. So, <laughs> until next Tuesday, Despite! <laughs> How about we heat things up tonight?
1: Mm, how so?
0: Get a little fresh, add some steam, sizzle and spice.
1: <laughs> Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp. Or get fresh with our new strawberry salad. Go big with our bone-in ribeye. Or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie. Then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback!